0: What's going on, Bulls Nation, and welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Presented to you by PointsBet, don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up for that PointsBet account to live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. That's Big Dave. He's on Twitter at Sports. Will the Thrill Real. in the circle, moving all over Brazil. He's on Twitter at Won't Golly with the two thum- thumbs up there. We are very CSGO nice. underscore Bulls. Coming to you guys live, hanging out at our West Loop studios here in Chicago.
1: It's, it's lively. It's lively today, Dave. It's so popping. lively, man. I got to meet uh, Herb Howell Herb today. from It's the Bigs. Dude, Shout out. I've Luis
0: was here earlier today. He Luis was? from Bleacher Nation. I
1: missed him. I missed Luis. I was very excited to meet Herb, though, man. I've been reading Herb and following him for a minute. Yeah, I was very, very excited to uh, finally meet him. And, Will, I, I have a question for you, though, Will, off, off the bat. Off yeah, the bat, know. I've got a question for you because hey, I'm, I'm lost on your math. And I saw a tweet you put out yesterday, and I'm very confused, and I'm hoping you can help me out here. So you put out, uh, we were talking about Tari I'm Eason not good at math, yesterday. Well, I, well, we're going to find out now. But we, we saw you talking about Tari Eason, and you said Tari plus Bulls equals me plus Happy. I'm very confused on how that math works. Yeah,
2: like I thought this. that was weird, too.
1: Okay, 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 it wasn't just me. All right, I'm, I'm confused on what me plus happy is. And is this fractions, or what What are we doing here, sir?
3: I don't know. Just, I would be happy. <laughs> what's, I don't know what's so confusing about
0: it. So you're saying, like, why didn't plus. he just say, like, happy will yeah, it after was, equal sign?
1: If it said Tari plus bulls equals... Happy or me happy. Yeah. So I was. Or yeah. Was like plus. even
2: me times happy because then, you know, like they're tied to not you and then happy separately. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. The nerd stuff. We kicked don't have in, to get real. into the algebra. Of it, I was but. told there would be no math. Yeah.
1: The, the nerd stuff kicked in and, and, yeah. it really, and it threw me off. And I was like, well, maybe he need something really cool about this. This is it.
2: a nerd podcast now after yesterday's <laughs> after is. yesterday's besmirched incident. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not our fault that you have the vocabulary of a six year old Joey. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, it's no problem. I, I was just wondering, man, because I saw that.
0: I Will, I saw that tweet, too, and I took zero issue with the way you phrased it <laughs> as far Thank as a you, mathematical equation. You.
1: No, talk to hey, – he's 5.3, Look, all right? No, like, not, whatever uh, he says, I'm rolling with All right? He's, he's 5.3 with the GPA. I'm not so. good at math. Here we
3: go. All right. <laughs> That's all we can take away from this conversation. So I'm
0: not good at math. <laughs> Oh, that was, that was many years and a lot of grass ago, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we got a lot to get to today. We got an NBA Finals preview. Game one between the Warriors and Celtics tips off tonight. Yo. Then we are continuing on with our Bulls draft history countdown with numbers 26 and 27. And then we'll wrap things with a look at the next guy up in our Bulls draft profiles. It's Jalen Williams from where, Dave? Santa Clara. Shout out, John Shout out to our guy, John Stay by Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. All right, so let's start here, gentlemen. Game one, Celtics-Warriors tonight. Um, Interesting note. uh, I think I heard this on the Low Post earlier this week. Celtics, only team in the NBA that has a winning record against the Steve Kerr-led Golden State Warriors. Yes. Um, A lot of people are giving the Celtics a good chance in this series uh, despite the fact that they have no finals experience compared to the truckload that the Warriors have. I don't know about you guys. To me, I think... So many of the fascinating things that are going to happen in this series are going to happen on the defensive end for both teams. And which elite defense, these are defenses one and two, squaring off in the finals, can get the better of their opponents. Uh, Will, I'll start with you. What jumps uh, off the page to you when you're looking at how this series will be decided?
3: I mean, you you hit it. These are number one and number two defenses in the league. I think a lot of people think about the Warriors and they think three-point shooting. But I think what stands out about the way that they play right now is that their defense is elite and the pressure that they put on the rim uh, from the fear of the three-point shot and just getting so many open driving lanes and back cutting lanes. So uh, the movement they have, the attention to detail that you need in order to like keep up with Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole and these guys running all over the place. Um, But if there's one defense that's equipped to handle that, I think it's the Celtics. And I'm kind of like talking myself, in and out of you know each team but like at the end of the day i mean you've got like six 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 seven six eight like elite perimeter defenders all across the board and then this isn't a situation like the mavericks or um the grizzlies series where there isn't really a rim protector out there robert williams is going to be able to clean up a lot of the mess that happens from over helping on the perimeter so I'm kind of leaning Celtics right now, but to your point, like this is the warriors they've been to six finals. Like they have the experience. They are still really, really good. So I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be seven games. I think it's going to be a defensive heavy series. Um, but right now I'm leaning Celtics.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning Celtics too, but it's it's weird. Cause I'm kind of going with my heart not my head. My head tells me dubs in six Interesting. Uh, for some reason. Um, well, I should say for I know the reason. Will just articulately said the reasons why. <laughs> um, especially you know them having that uh, experience that they have, uh, beating the teams that they have to win uh, the title. You know, beating LeBron James, whatever you think about him, is no small feat. Um, excellent, incredible basketball player, top three all time. Um, so beating him means something. And Steph is definitely on a mission. And Steph on a mission is a scary Steph. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's a scary individual. Clay is on a mission. Because he has been out, you know what I'm saying, for several years. This is all he talked about was getting back here. Draymond is on a mission because he's not just thinking about the ring. He's thinking about his legacy Mm -hmm. on and off the court. So he's on a mission for it too. And so just combining that with the experience and knowing how for real these guys are, and we've seen how lethal the shooting is Mm -hmm. with them, man, it was hard for me to pick against it. But my heart that Boston – it was just the defense, man, that I just kept going back to. Yeah, That Boston defense, when it's clicking, man – it's I've it's '90s Bulls. And I think Will said that previously before. It's it's '90s Bulls. Like it yeah. really is when when they're playing that kind of defense, and it's very scary.
0: Especially if the you know this year's DPOY Marcus Smart and Time Lord Rob Williams are both playing mostly healthy, and yeah. you know they've both dealt with uh, various injuries throughout True. this postseason run. It looks like both of them will be fully available and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you got the Warriors getting. Uh, Gary Payton II back mm-hmm. after uh, being you know, knocked out earlier in their postseason run with that fractured elbow. I, I haven't seen a firm official active in going to play, but the most recent tweets I saw from people covering the series is, it's looking like he's going to dress tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, big uh, question marks on you know, who's available and it looks like both teams are going to be fully healthy as far as who they've come to expect being healthy in these play- playoffs, which is great. Yeah. Going back to the defense though, I mean I think the Celtics are going to face a challenge in this Warriors team that they didn't see in any of the teams they faced in the East, whether it be Brooklyn, Milwaukee in round two, or Miami in the conference finals, because the Warriors are not a team that relies uh, religiously on the three-point line, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they got their Splash Brothers and now Poole's entered that mix as well. They can break teams down with their ball movement, and it's been beautiful basketball to watch the Warriors, what they do offensively in their run out of the West, but... Like, the Celtics played a, a limited heat team that was also dealing with injuries that was never at any point this season a good half-court offense team. The Bucks, once they lost Chris Middleton, became a bad half-court offense team. True. And the Brooklyn Nets were in shambles, and that's why the Celtics swept them in four. I think half-court defense is going to be a much bigger challenge for the Celtics it's trying to figure out these Warriors compared to anything they saw in – the the East and then on the flip side of that, what are the Warriors going to do if the Celtics and Jason Tatum in particular try to target Steph Curry Mm. um, in some in some screen and roll action and what like will the Warriors let that happen? Are they going to hedge and then if so, like say if Marcus Smart's bringing up screens if he's got Curry on him, do they let? Marcus Smart slipped that screen because if Marcus Smart slips is slipping screens and getting that pass out and all of a sudden it's Marcus Smart with the ball in a four on three scenario we've seen how deadly Marcus Smart has become as a facilitator so both defenses have pretty big challenges in front of them Will
3: yeah and for one I I just want to like call out that I think Steph at this point is like a good defender I think he's like above average I think if they're going to be targeting anybody it's going to be Jordan Poole and putting the pressure on the Warriors to decide whether he can stay on the floor because if his shot is not and like this is not you know whatever defense they've been playing either like Jordan Poole is going to have a very hard time scoring against Marcus Smart or Derek White or Jalen Brown like anybody that the Celtics are able to put on him is going to be a much different look than he's seen so far Um, But he's really like the weakest link when it comes to defense. So getting Gary Payton back is huge. Um, He alleviates a lot of the pressure and sort of plays like an inverted small ball five, even though he's six, two, it's kind of a a crazy way to play somebody, but he really works in that same role that you're talking about as Marcus Smart as sort of a short role facilitator. And then also obviously an awesome defend uh, defensive player. So um, I, I really like what you said about the half court offense and I said before, like I think this is going to be a series that's, you know, kind of defensive first. But I think it really could come down to just like who's the better three point shooting team. Are we going to get the Celtics team that is raining down, you know, however many threes Grant Williams hit in Game Seven against the Bucks, like thirteen, fourteen, uh, or is it going to be like the Clay Thompson in Chicago fourteen three game? Like I, I I don't know who I can count on here. Like you think it's going to be the Warriors, but the Celtics have more shooters and I think some of the guys on the Warriors are a little shakier. Uh Wiggins and then obviously if you're gonna be playing kevin Looney like he's not giving you anything, Draymond. So obviously you have Steph and you have play and you have Pool and that probably is a much stronger top end than anything that the Celtics can give you. But beyond that, i d I don't know where you're getting offense in the half court. So um it could just at the end of the day come down to like who's making those shots because both teams are gonna take away the initial action and it's gonna be those reversal passes, the split actions that the Warriors love to run, are those shots falling, um, or is it the other teams?
1: Yeah, and I, and I think two things um, here. One, in every series the Warriors play in, I, the first thing, person I look at on their team is Draymond, because I need to see who's he going to guard and what's his challenge going to be. And if he isn't presented one, then I'm like, upwards oh, about to kill this team. Same way I did um, Dallas. Yeah. When I was like, oh, who's that center? Like, I don't, okay, I don't – Cleaver? You're like, <laughs> like probably going to see a lot of Draymond you're on fine. Horford, right? Yeah, and that's, that's what I was getting to. So, so watching those guys, like Cleaver, he shoots threes, you know what I mean? And, but once he gets in foul trouble, you're done. Draymond doesn't have to do anything else. It's different here, yeah. you know what I mean? Because like you mentioned, without Horford, Horford can get out there and shoot those threes, but Horford is also a beast inside as well. So Draymond can't cheat off of those guys and probably try to help uh, on Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be allowed to really do that. He's got to kind of stay with Horford uh, and let him, because Horford can drop 30. We saw him do that. He can do those things. The other thing is, um, that's what I just mentioned with Horford, that size. I don't think they've played anybody with this kind of size yet, the Warriors. Um, Steven Adams, you know, he was in protocol. Uh, for a while. So they didn't. Really, he didn't really get out there. And when he got out there, he, he definitely made a difference mm-hmm. uh, for that team when he was out there on the floor. Ask Tony Bradley. Yeah, hello. <laughs> so when you have a guy like you have been to Time Lord, and then also uh, Al Horford as well, that's going to be interesting. And that takes away what Wiggins was doing last series. Mm-hmm. Because we, I saw a Wiggins I had never seen before in my life. And that was a Wiggins that was going inside, you know, and actually being aggressive, uh, going inside and getting – offensive rebounds and steals and doing all this dirty work stuff, and I had never seen him do that before. He's not doing that this series. He's not, he's not going to be allowed to, you know what I mean, to do those things this series. So I'm interested in watching uh, those two uh, matchups right there as well.
0: All right, so let's, uh, let's give y'all our picks. Uh, sorry, Will, go ahead.
3: I was going to say that's a great point about the bigs, Dave, and I think the same is true the other way. Like, are the Warriors going to be able to play Horford or williams off the floor i don't know they're probably more equipped than most bigs to be able to handle those switches but no matter who you're putting on them that's a tough task for any big and so um if they're able to remove those guys from the game maybe grant williams has to play more five and you know you rely more on Derek white uh but then is he hitting his three so there's a lot of sort of cascading domino effects of this series i'm really like the adjustments in the series are going to be really really fun to watch
0: and look, you know, despite the fact that Horford's aging and slowing down a little bit, I think he's done a pretty good job in this Celtics playoff run staying in front of guys when he's been forced so. to switch and, you know, come away from the paint and guard a little bit out on the perimeter. Like, he's finding his ways to do that. Yeah. And a lot of it is still just moving his feet, if, if a little more slowly than when he was young, and staying down on guys. Horford yeah. is incredible at staying down on guys when he's, you know, forced out of that uh, basket area. Uh, all right, guys, so it's time. Let's uh, let's take a look at our picks, uh, if you would, Joey, for who's winning and in how many games. Mm. Joey just copy and pasted my pick from before the playoffs started, and I'm gonna <laughs> stick with it. Warriors in seven. Um, Matt be flexing so hard. <laughs> whenever, whenever possible, you know I'm flexing on me being right about basketball stuff. Uh, never waste an opportunity. Never,
1: dude. never, ever.
0: Look, you know I think we've highlighted uh, a lot of fascinating things about how the series is going to go down Mm -hmm. to me. I thought that the Celtics should not have needed seven to get rid of Miami Agreed. without Middleton. I thought they should not have needed seven to get to get rid of Milwaukee. The reason that those series went seven Uh, other than Giannis being great and Jimmy being great, is that the Celtics, for a game or a quarter or a half at a time, would dick around and shoot themselves in the foot. And they also struggled closing games, and they struggled closing quarters. The Warriors, with all of their experience, if they see the Celtics doing that, they will make them pay and make them pay dearly. That is why I think it will be a tight series. I would love to see it go seven. I think it has a good chance of going seven. Mm -hmm. And if it does give me steve kerr's experience give me this collection of warriors core who were winning it all seven years ago mm-hmm. and their experience because these celtics have shown us throughout their playoff run that they can get a little lackadaisical at the worst possible moments yeah that that's why i'm giving the edge to, to golden Straight state
1: yeah i can't i can't be mad at you for that because that's all factual and you're right that miami series that's why i said it should have been over in five. Because it was two of those games, I was like, oh, this is done. And when they went back to Boston in game six, we all thought it was over. Oh, over. Yeah, we were like, no, we're done here. Like, go home. And they, I mean, it
3: took an all time great playoff performance to extend that. Exactly. And
1: And two of them, because Jimmy, you know, balled in two of those games, that five and he got down. And, but they just like playing with their food for some reason. And I don't understand it. And you're right. If they do, they cannot do them to Golden State because Golden State is precise. Like they will, you you give them any kind of breathing room, they will attack. Period. Point blank. Doesn't matter what the score is. You give them any kind of breathing room, or any signs of life, they're coming in. They're taking over this, right? But I like Boston. I don't know. I like the fact that they don't know anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't know nothing. They don't know to be scared.
0: So that's a bull like hill that. to stand on. <laughs> it, I'm serious.
1: Like it's 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 bliss in that ignorance. It's blissful ignorance. You know what I'm saying? It's tis folly to be wise, sir. Like, ignorance is bliss, is folly, to be wise. But, and I think that's what they go in with. Like, they they don't know that they're supposed to be scared. They don't know that the Warriors should be the team that uh, everybody should fear. You know, plus, they've beaten that team, you know what I'm saying, several times. right? The only one with the winning record that was in the playoffs against the Warriors was Boston. So, they don't know that. And Marcus Smart is too wild (laughs) to believe stuff like that. You know, he's too crazy for that. And I'm looking at Marcus Smart... Because I really think he's going to give Steph Curry some real problems, man. Yeah. Because he – I just I just really believe that. I'm looking at Jason Tatum on uh, Clay Thompson. I like their defense on the perimeter. And obviously, Golden State is the perimeter uh, team. So, I like that they have stuff for what they do best. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying they're going to stop it. You know, you can't stop what they do. But they have stuff to actually bother it. You know, get on their nerves. And on the offensive end, they can actually do those things too. You know what I mean? So – and I like them more defensively than I like what go state could do against them defensively. You know what I mean? So that's why I think it would go seven. That's kind of why I'm going with, with Boston here. But again, this is a heart pick. I, I speak from the heart a lot, Will. This this is how it is.
3: Yeah, I kind of hate myself for my pick. I want the Warriors <laughs> to win. Warriors are like I, – I just have a very soft spot for the Warriors. very special place in my heart for that team. And that core – and – I think they have, obviously, I picked seven games. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep or a blood out or anything. Like, I think it's going to be a very tough series. I think in a certain sense, it just comes down to like, is Robert Williams going to stay on the floor and he's going to be playing at a high level? Because so much of what the Warriors do is get to the rim. And if they can't do that, or if they're um, just unable to do it at the same level, I think it's going to be very hard for them to produce enough offense in the front court with the lengthy wing defenders that the Celtics have. And then you look at it the other way, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Draymond defensively, but when you have to play Steph and Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson is not the same Klay Thompson that he once was. Like, there's just not a ton of size there that can really bother the Celtics. But you know, you're you're talking Dave about like uh, their inexperience, and I think that could be a huge factor here in terms of scoring in the half court. Like Tatum, obviously, is that dude. He has proven it at this point. But, like, where else are you getting offense on a consistent basis? Jalen Brown has had games where he completely disappears. Are you relying on Marcus Smart to be your second-leading scorer in the finals against the Warriors? I'm not sure how great I feel about that. So, I really could see it going either way. I'm kind of, like, emotionally hedging, I think, with Boston at seven. But uh, it's going to be a great series. I'm so excited. Yeah, very excited, man.
1: Uh,
0: Game one tonight, tips off, 8 p.m. Chicago time. I Mm -hmm. wanted to
2: say, really quick, I, I just think it's interesting, like, what version? Boston has some pretty, you know, they're amazing defensively. They've got some superstars that can hunt you an iso ball, but like they break down, especially late in games. They don't necessarily have a, like Marcus Smart has taken on that facilitator role, but they, they, you know, we saw it with that fever Miami comeback at the end of the game. Like in chaos time, I don't know. That's where I, I would pick with the Warriors' experience, but I agree it's going to be close. But that's what I'm watching for. Yeah, that's, you're right, though. That's the that's scary needs thing. To
3: be- Tatum needs to be, like, by far the best player in the series. And I think he's capable of that, but I'm not sure he will do that. We'll we'll just have to see. We'll have to see, yeah.
0: All right, so there it is. Game one tonight. Cannot wait. And speaking of game one of the NBA Finals tonight, y'all should probably have some fun on that points bet app while you're getting ready to watch, while you're doing a little pregame. Today's episode I mentioned at the top, brought to you by Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you're signing up and downloading the PointsBet app to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not all. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our amazing exclusive web content covering every single major professional sports team in Chicago. You'll even get a free CHGO shirt of your choice from the CHGO Merch Locker. That's $2,000 of free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for just making a $50 or more first-time deposit with PointsBet, which you want to do anyway, so you can have some fun watching the finals tonight, Dave. It's so simple. <laughs> Plus, live NBA same-game parlay available Ooh. exclusively at PointsBet. You can watch live, parlay live, and even boost your parlay live while you're watching. All that. You can also do it All from your phone. Shut up. If you live in Illinois, where online sign-up is now available. Free. So many of these things are easy and simple and fun. Go do it. Why not? Go do it. What are you waiting for? You know Parlay Peck's going to have some massive fun tonight. (laughs) NBA Finals are here, and we're throwing bets on it. Yes. Tossing them bets. So, what are you waiting for, Dave? Because Uh once the game starts, you don't just live. What do you do? You live your bet life. Thank you. Ooh. Oh, and I'm so sorry, Will, that I had to toss that to him right quick. But it looked like you disappeared for a second. I, I didn't want Dave stop, you know, stepping on the, your toes, of finishing
1: that that phrase.
3: You know, I'll I'll do my best to not hold that against you.
1: Oh, no. well, he had to disappear, sir. He had to go off because he had to get some of that AG one. Oh, is that that's right. all that had that's to be, he baby? Went. He oh, had okay. to get some of that. that. That's right. He had to get that AG1, sir. Pay attention to that man in that circle. Look at that handsome gentleman there looking like Tom Holland's hairstylist. (laughs) Look at that gentleman right there, sir. He is down with the athletic greens. I can see it. The 75 high quality vitamins, the minerals, the whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens that is all in that AG1 and it helps you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus and your aging. These are all wonderful things that you need. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat vegan, whether you're dairy free like Matt here and gluten free. (laughs) contains less than one gram of sugar and no GMOs, none of those nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and doing all this while still tasting good. Well, man, that sounds amazing, Dave. This must cost a fortune. No, it does not. This is why Will the Thrill is able to travel abound and go around this world because he's saving money on the Athletic Greens because it costs you less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and you're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. But don't just take my word for it. Take it from the traveling man himself, Will the Thrill in Brazil. Please, Will, tell him about your experience with that AG1, sir.
3: Dude, you are so good at ad reads. It's just take a second to appreciate the greatness that we're witnessing right now. Um I'm yeah, I'm traveling. I'm right now uh on a little vacation and you know, we're I'm in South America. You can never really be sure what you're getting when you're eating food. And so, take a little AG1 in the morning and it just helps protect your stomach. It helps keep you feeling right and it's good for you um it's been i've been taking it for like two or three months now i'm feeling great um highly recommend it and to your point dave it's it's just cheap it's like a cheap way to invest in your health so i'm all about it
1: that's a great point he made right there he traveling abroad you don't know if you'll agree with the food or like it or not but you'll have this ag AG greens with you sir and you'll love it that ag one will be on deck that's where the thrill being smart and he's smart it's like having a
3: good defense you can it'll travel Ooh, the man is flexing right now. Oh,
1: I love it. To make it easy, y'all, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D. And one, two, three, four, fifth free travel packs with that first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgobulls. And again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgobulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic greens. Scoop it, dump it, shake it, drink it, feel it. I mm. Mm. love that. Mm, look at that. I love how Joey actually made something out of that. That's so, so
0: great. Awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on to our next segment, it's time for us to continue our journey called the Bulls Draft History Countdown. Mm-hmm. We left off having done 30, 29, 28. Today, we're tackling 27 and 26 Alrighty. on Bulls players in franchise history drafted at those numbers. We're going to feature one player, um, and that player was taken at 26. Okay. Real quickly on 27. Leon Benbow in 1974 and Byron Houston in 1992. Either of those names mean anything to you, Dave.
1: Uh, Byron Houston does. Okay, Uh, I remember uh, Byron Houston uh, when he got drafted and he stood out because he was ball-headed and that's the only reason he stood out to me. (laughs) I remember that he was ball-headed and the Bulls got him after winning a championship. I don't remember how many years uh, he was with that team, but. Zero. Zero. Okay. Well he there was you drafted
0: go. by the Bulls in the summer of ninety-two. Okay. Uh and was waived. And the Warriors picked him up. He played two seasons with the Warriors, mm. two uh one season with the Sonics, one season with the Kings, and that was it. Okay.
1: Now, of course, I don't remember Leon Bimbo, but as you know, I do have an older brother. Yes. So I immediately went right to him and he said also he would love to actually come on the show and do something. So get we're gonna on, get dude. we're gonna get a time, we're gonna get, get you him set on, up, bro. Yeah. I'm bringing my brother in here, and, and he will vac- wax philosophically on the on, uh, basketball from back in the day, and basketball today. He's a really intelligent mind. But Leon Bimbo, he remembered. Uh, he said he didn't get much time at the two-guard position because he was behind Jerry Sloan, mm-hmm. Bobby Wilson, mm-hmm. and Matt Gookis. Ooh. <laughs> Matt. Who can forget the gook? gook? <laughs> Who can forget the gook, man? Oh, he's, he was also on that. No seven- fluke with the gook, nope. baby. Well done. Well done. That <laughs> man right there. That's well done. That's well done. But he said he was also on that team uh, that went, the Bulls team that went to that uh, Western, conference conference, Western Conference finals. The Western Conference finals in 75. Yeah, in yeah. 75 that lost. And because they had a whip, you know, they had Chet Walker, Chet, right. Chet, Chet Walker, Chet. Norm, Bob Love, Jerry Slur, They had a whip and they lost in the conference finals. But yeah, he said he never played and they traded him and he was out of there. <laughs> and that's how that worked for him. So I'm going with Byron Houston because I actually. Remember Byron Houston. But Benbo did play two seasons,
0: 74, 75, 75, 76, and then yeah. career ended early with a back injury. Backyatomy? Yeah. Oh, man. Real sad. Yeah.
3: So that was it. Can I just p- say that name is a creative player name. Leon <laughs> Benbo? Leon Benbo. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. not a real-life name. The next time you're logging into <laughs> NBA
1: 2K Live. That name is for sure going to be there. Doop says my son's name is also Benbo. Wow. <laughs> he must have named him after the Bulls legend. Uh, has to be. <laughs> Nothing else. What other Benbo do you know? <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So then moving along to 26, there I feel was a fairly default. We could only choose this player for the the player taken yeah. at 26 by the Chicago Bulls in franchise history. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. From the best team that we've seen post dynasty, mm-hmm. is Taj Gibson. Tajie Woo! in two thousand and nine, out of USC, he had a remarkably impressive college career at USC. Mm. And if you recall, he came into the NBA a little bit older because he, you know, uh, played three seasons at USC. Like, I think he was like a twenty three year old rookie yeah. or something like yeah, he's that. A grown man, but so he was uh, two time All Pac twelve Tourney. Two-time All-Pac-12, two-time Pac-12 All-Defense. Uh, he even won DPOY in 2008-2009, mm-hmm. as well as being Pac-12 All-Freshman. The Bulls take him to 26, and he immediately becomes a very useful piece of a up-and-coming team.
1: Yeah, now this, this is an inter- interesting story, and you probably won't like this, man. But I remember him being drafted so well, because when they got him, I was with your boy C-Red Fred. And I was at his draft party with uh, Doug Thonis. Shout out, Doug. Shout honest. out, Doug. But I was at there. I was at that party and having a great time, having a blast. And I remember when Todd Gibson got drafted, and immediately they showed the highlights on the screen. And I was in <laughs> from the beginning because all of his highlights, he was in the post. That's all it was. There were no threes, there were no real jump shots. That was just give me the ball. Here goes a move, bucket. Give me the ball. Here goes a move, bucket. Rebound, block shot, dunk. It was all simple. And I was like, oh, we can use this. (laughs) I was like, we can use this right here. I was so excited. And he was everything. Literally, I thought he was. He was everything he showed on his tape at USC. He did the same things here. But with the athleticism, because I didn't realize how much of an athlete he was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I thought I thought he was great. He was everything I thought he was, Will, when when the Bulls drafted him.
3: Everybody has, like, their favorite all-time Bull. And Taj is probably not that for anybody. But he's, like, pretty damn close. Like, he is up there for every single Bulls fan. And if he's not high on your list, then you're crazy because – Taj was like everything that the Chicago Bulls are about. He worked his ass off for however long he was with the team. And he just did whatever the team needed from him. Like he was coming off the bench. He was starting games. He was defending like three through five. Um, I mean, he, he was just awesome. And he just, yeah, I I don't even like know how to describe how great Taj was for the Bulls. Um, I think it's awesome that he's still playing in the league. Obviously Tibbs, uh, sticks with his guys, but like is still playing minutes. And I think it speaks to, you know, how well his game has aged, how well he impacts uh, on the defensive end, especially. But I mean, when you're talking about a late pick in the 20, like mid twenties uh, and we're talking about draft guys. Now we got 18. Like, I mean, if you get a guy like that at 18, even that's just such a bonus. And they drafted, I think 16 that year as well for James Johnson, but like Taj was the guy that stuck. He was the one that was like a staple in the big man rotation for eight years. So Taj is the man. I love Taj. Everybody in Chicago loves Taj because he just represents the bulls and everything that Chicago is about.
1: Very true.
0: Yeah. uh, And you know, as I mentioned uh, because of his age and his many years of experience at the collegiate level, he came in and the bulls were like, you're, you're playing, you're playing (laughs) a lot. Yeah. I did. I had forgotten this until I was looking back at Taj's early years last night. He started 70 and played eight, all 82 his rookie year. Wow. He, I forgot that I forgot he that. started. Like, yeah, wow. that's crazy. Wow. Uh, and, and as you saw in that graphic, he earned all rookie first team honors mm-hmm. uh, for that um, and I saw you laughing at some of the yeah, other Bulls put that, accolades. Put that back <laughs> up,
1: Joey. Put that graphic back up, please. Oh, uh, you can put Thrill back up too. <laughs> I just want to see you one part.
0: So yeah, so that rookie year was one of twice in his Bulls years that he played all 82. Talk about a guy who was just almost always available for the Bulls. Mm. Uh, dub- dubbed the hard hat and lunch pail guy by our guy Stacy King. Hard hat lunch pail, and then of course you know perhaps the most important <laughs> element of Taj's <Todd's> Bulls <laughs> career. <laughs> His dunk on Wade in Game One of the 2011 Eastern Conference Finals.
1: That's what I was laughing at, Joey. Was that?
2: <laughs> that is. Absolutely I was so hilarious. confused for a second. Yeah, it, it was, I was like, is there something on my face?
0: Oh, I I the, I told Joey to include. Those no, details. You
2: ain't got to tell me.
0: Okay. Well, you were, I know who you, you are. Were, you were looking at Joey as if he was the guilty party. No, for I'm, having-
1: I'm shouting him out for actually putting it up there. I know oh. where it came from. Okay. <laughs> i was just shouting out where it came up, and because he was looking at me while I was laughing, like, what the hell are you laughing at? <laughs> and that's why I had to put it back up there, like, no, that's what I'm laughing at. That was absolutely hilarious. I know the culprit. I've known this man for years. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I know who this is. Where
3: does that? Where does that dunk rank for you, a non-MJ, non-D Rose dunks in Bulls history? It's like that in the Scotty dunk on Ewing, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know if I can put it over Scotty's dunk over over Patrick.
3: Definitely not over that, but it's. But like, like, I would probably put
0: it right behind that.
1: It's top five, I would say.
0: Yeah, because and like, like same as far as like stakes, like Scotty's dunk against Mm -hmm. Patrick, NBA playoffs, but.
1: Taj was in the
0: conference finals. He you had another. He had Scotty another. Duncan Patrick was the 93-94 season when it was the conference semi-finals. semis. Semifinals. Yeah. yeah.
2: Taj in that same game had another wild, like, yep, one-handed oh, putback, put-back dunk. dunk. Yep, and at that it, point, I was convinced the Bulls were winning the finals. But. Oh.
0: We all were. I uh, did <laughs> not this guy. Uh, dude, I I was not at the, I was at that game with my buddy. We filed out with our fellow Bulls fans after winning game Uh-oh. one by twenty points, being like, "Let's start the parade now."
1: Dude, I remember immediately telling my friends, "Yeah, they still not winning this series. Mm. <laughs> like, like it's still LeBron because you're like, they're gonna figure this out. They're gonna put LeBron on Derrick, and then it's gonna be over." And yeah, that's what happened. They, that's what happened. But. It was fun, and 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 I like that feeling. Let's,
3: let's not go down that road right now. Dick. No, I'm not. I'm not.
1: I'm saying you you heard me bring it on back. I brought it on back, Will. But I'm saying <laughs> it, it was so much fun because honestly, that was the last feeling of this team can do it mm-hmm. that the Bulls have had since they haven't had that feeling since yeah. of oh my god, this team might be the one. This might be our year. You know what I'm saying? Like it. That hope hasn't been there since, man. Hopefully we're getting back to that soon. But, but yeah, that's why it's so, 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 so important, man. What a dunk. Like, that Whew. dunk was vicious.
0: And was always just, like, a great locker room guy. He was yeah. always super nice with the media. Like, uh, If you recall, back when Taj was sadly traded, as the Tibbs-era Bulls were all finally the, – the last pieces were being unraveled. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came back uh, to the practice facility – after learning of the trade so that he could address the media and then called in to, I believe both sports talk radio stations so he that he could say farewell. Yes, he did to not only the media who he had grown a relationship with, but the fans and the people of Chicago, yeah. like class act class athlete from day one to the final day.
1: Absolutely true. Absolutely true. He was great. Got always always had him. roses back too. Yeah. Oh, always mm. man. Like you had nothing but love for Todd Gibson, he, he was a whatever you needed kind of guy, you know, like so if somebody was hurt at that three or the four or the five. Todd's playing. All right. Put Todd's in. We're good. good. He was always that kind of guy, man, that glue guy, the definition of a glue guy uh, for this Bulls team. Will, he, he was great.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the great role players in Bulls history. Right. I mean, just awesome career and it's still going. It's and great
0: value one. at 26. Like incredible value. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, okay, real quick, also at 26, we had Sam Worthen in 1980, mm-hmm. Ricky Frazier in 82, and Mark Randall in 1991. Mm. All of whom also Mark Randall. sound like creative player names. Okay, I remember but. Mark Randall.
1: I, re- I definitely, Mark Randall went to Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he was a, they either went to the Final Four or did something there. And you could tell he was going to be trash, like, immediately. When he got to the league, you're like, Mark Randall is going to be trash. And he played, I think, the last game of the season. You know, he didn't play a lot, but he played in, like, one of those last few games of the season. He got in there, and he did a couple things like that. Traded
0: uh, to Minnesota mm-hmm. halfway through his rookie year. Oh,
1: impressive. So maybe you remember the
0: last impressive. game he played before getting traded. Because I
1: remember him on the Bulls bench because he didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just be there, like – it was it was who he was. If you say, "Hey, whatever you think Mark Randall oh, is,"
0: you know what? That's who he was. I correct myself. He wasn't even traded. He was cut by the Bulls in December of his rookie year, <laughs> and then claimed off of waivers by the Timberwolves.
1: Oh, that's beautiful and deservedly <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, man, he was he was that kind of guy. Like, yeah, that, that's all I remember about Mark Randall was he was a guy. He he's one of the will uh picks So you said where the bulls are picking like last and stuff right, like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of those picks. Will. Like Corey like, Benjamin. Like, from like Corey yesterday. Benjamin. <laughs> like Byron Houston. Keith you know, Booth. Like Keith Booth. Yeah, these were those guys, Will, that that were being picked during that dynasty era where the Bulls just, you know, didn't need anything. They are like, what what do I need? You know, just just take somebody who carry the bags. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so there's, uh, no, uh, no big bro thoughts on
1: Ricky Frazier, or Sam Worthen. Uh, Sam Worthen, actually, <laughs> he had a thought on, uh, cause Sam Worthen, even he went to Marquette. Right. Um, I
0: remember seeing that.
1: And he saved a New York point guard, uh, went to Marquette and he was there and after he left Marquette, the very next guard up after him, Doc Rivers. No kidding. Doc Rivers was the next guard that came in after Sam Worthen left. So, yeah. And then he said after that he was traded after a year to Utah, or as my brother likes to call it, Siberia. Yeah. (laughs) Because nobody's there. Yeah. So, yeah. He got sent there to Utah after a year, and, yeah,
0: that was his career. It's like getting sent to Kamchatka. Um, (laughs) All right. So – Now we will get to our draft profile of Santa Clara's Jalen Williams in one quick second. But, real quick, Big Dave, first, tell the people one more time how much fun they should be having throwing some fun bets on these NBA finals. One Mogey in at points bet.
2: Because if you enjoy it, shout out D'Angelo. You you ready? Sorry, I said shout out D'Angelo. Oh. I, was like, r- yeah, was right. I got the reference, I thought. I, I, yeah. I appreciate
0: that, man. Appreciate did, did you hear it. timeout instead of shoutout? Y'all didn't hear anything. I just heard him say something. I
1: was <laughs> I, like, wait, I, what I happened? Hear I,
2: I know. Like, I didn't want to take you out of your rhythm. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's that's back exactly
1: back, what you yeah. did. You got to start throwing some challenges at Dave during <laughs> his I appreciate it, rage. though, Joe. Throw some rocks on the floor. Yeah, I'm
2: going to start creating <laughs> havoc over here behind the computer.
1: I, I'm okay with all that. Havoc is where I live, sir. Land a plane. Do all that. I'm with it, man. I'm with it. Because if you a choice CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to sign up for that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because not only are you getting those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all that awesome web content, and you even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. And in case you missed it, Online sign-up is available right here in this beautiful state of Illinois in the city of Chicago. You know, before I walked outside, my brother saw me, and he was like, oh, man, what? He was like, is it warm? It must be cold outside or something. Is it warm or cold? And I said, dude, I'm hot all the time. I'm not changing. Like, I don't know what it is outside, but I'm wearing shorts. Today. Shorts will be on, period. Weather. That's it. From now till August, I'm all about shorts. I don't care what it is. 50 degrees, 90, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be shorts. Deal with it. Big man weather. That's how I roll. But you can actually download that PointsBet bet app right now. And register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So, what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. Will the three will tell them what you do?
3: Live your bet life. Joey.
2: If you're good at something, never do it for free.
1: Oh,
0: thank guess you. Guess what? I placed my first bet. Wait, did you do the Boston sweep one that I told you I about? I did not do it? the Boston sweep okay. one. Some, I saw somebody in the comments <laughs> earlier was asking for, like, a silly probably not going to happen but just maybe crazy bet. Yeah. And I, that's the one I was thinking of when I told you, like, oh, you get plus 1,500 on a Celtic sweep right now. <laughs> my
1: eyes said, ooh. Because <laughs> I'd I like challenge bet. I like – I bet silly. That's why I'm not a gambler, because I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, sweep on Boston. Well, yeah, put $400 on that. That's so, awesome. So tell the people, what what did you bet? Oh, uh, See, here's the thing when I bet, Matt. When I make the bets, I immediately forget them. <laughs> because I don't want to think about them, because it will ruin the game well, as for As long me. as what you remember what your points bet password is so that you can log back
0: oh, yeah, in and yeah, check yeah. to see if you won the bet that you forgot.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I think I, I picked uh, Jason Tatum to be finals MVP. And I picked Boston to win in, in seven. Both and, totally viable, possible outcomes. Yeah, and, and then there was a third one I, I just completely forgot. Because, like I said, I put stuff out of my brain. Uh, I believe so. somebody in the comments also
0: had Luke Cornette finals MVP. Did you throw that there? No, I saw it all.
1: <laughs> I was tempted. I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of tempted to put somebody on I that. I mean, <laughs> Big Shot Bob had some serious moments in NBA finals series. Hey, man, them odds are crazy. He could be the Scalabrini out here is all I'm saying, man. Like, them odds was crazy, Will. They was right there toying with me. Luke Big Shot yeah, Cornett. Yeah. That money away. <laughs> I did. I, I literally threw money away, and I put money on it. And I threw money away, and this is why I don't gamble. <laughs> exactly why. All right. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Williams, guys. Sure. Uh, so,
0: three-year product coming out of Santa Clara. And this is a definitely a name for Bulls fans to keep an eye on because maybe we were doing a little bit of wishful thinking, a little bit of dreaming with our first, po- uh, first two picks uh, with Mark Williams – And uh, Tari Eason in that most mocks have them going end of the lottery into the mid teens. Mm -hmm. There's not a great chance that either will be there at 18, but Mm -hmm. an outside shot most mock drafts that I've seen have Jalen Williams going somewhere between like 15 and 25. Like he is right in the bulls wheelhouse. Um, So let's just, you know, there you see the measurables. Thank you, Joey. And some of his stats from Santa Clara, uh, Basically, a guy who's sort of a – he's going to be an NBA tweener, I think. Can, you know, guard one through three for sure. He could probably maybe guard some NBA fours. He can do a a decent amount playing on the ball, and he's also a viable off-ball threat. His last year at Santa Clara knocked a three-ball down at almost a 40% clip. Uh, Will, what what jumps out at you when you start to evaluate Jalen Williams and his potential – as far as his game and translating that game to the NBA.
3: Yeah, super um, great, interesting combine for him, kind of like moved him from mid-second round into, like you said, sort of the Bulls area of the first round. Um, He's a really intriguing offensive option where, you know, you watch some of his games and some of his mixtapes, and like the passing is really special. It stands out, like the way that he um, just like, operates and manipulates the game in pick and roll um, really creative passer live dribbles um, just like manipulating the defense like looking guys off finding like wrap around passes to the corner or just really interesting angles to to dive men so I could definitely see him being um, a very efficient pick and roll playmaker um, I wonder I mean certainly not in his first year or so but like as a secondary option where you know, you could, you could see uh, Demar running some action on, on one side of the floor and then uh, swinging it over and maybe he's attacking in a secondary action. Um, with his passing and playmaking, I think he could be really, really interesting. And then you couple that with the shooting and that is really legit. Um, he can shoot off the catch. He can shoot on the move. He can pull up in the mid range. He can step back and hit threes. Like he is a very, very good shooter. And obviously that's something that the Bulls really need um, and I think he's also really crafty going to the basket. Uh, he kind of popped in the combine because one, his wingspan is like plus nine inches. It's a like seven, two wingspans, six, five, um, in terms of his height. And so he's got these super long arms where he can finish in creative ways. And then also he kind of like plays below the rim. So people kind of thought, oh, maybe he's not that explosive. He's got a 39 inch vertical. So he's really got some interesting, uh, tools in the toolkit. And you could definitely see ways that you know a Bulls team that kind of needs some offensive creation, needs some shooting, could really use this guy. Um, and then the defensive side, I have some big questions about, but uh, I'll kick it back to you guys. What do you think about the offense?
1: Yeah, um, I'll say that of everybody I looked at, of the three players that we've looked at, Jalen Williams is the one, if I had to say this guy is going to be an NBA star, he's the one.
0: Interesting, and
1: I say for for the reasons Will just said. One, like he said, the first thing that jumps out to you was the passing. That was unbelievable watching him pass that basketball and doing it out of the pick and roll. And but the IQ he had, especially when he would get the defender on his hip, Mm -hmm. he knew exactly what to do every single time. The way he could
3: smart player.
1: Yes, the way he could drive to the bucket and kick it out, you know, to the guy for the corner three. With his left hand, <laughs> you know, like, was just unreal to me. And he also said he, he – uh, when I was watching him with Schmidt, he said he broke his thumb uh, on his right hand.
0: Like, early in his career. Early in his career, right. forced him to get really good
1: dribbling with his off hand. Correct. Yeah. And that's why his left hand became so lethal was because of that reason, because he had a splint, you know, on, on his thumb. And it shows, man, like, he is just lethal with either hand when it came to passing the ball. And that was the other thing that jumped out of me that Will kind of mentioned was his scoring – He was able to do it from anywhere, and that was so impressive to me. Like, the Mm -hmm. mid-range was there. Um, When you were watching his tape scoring-wise, it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't. It was every single place on the floor he was scoring from. Like you said, the catch catch and shoot, the pull-up three, um, uh, the mid-range, like I mentioned, uh, getting to the bucket. He definitely was really excellent at getting to the bucket. He has, like, an old-man game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really does have an old-man game. It's not flashy. You know, it's not, you know, all this pizzazz, not all crossing over, but it works. You know, it might, like like Jimmy Butler kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a real old man game in that sense. I was wondering if Jay's yeah. name was going to come up here it talking about Jalen Williams. In that sense. But I think Jalen has a little more flash on him mm-hmm. than, than Jimmy does. You know what I'm saying? Like, not saying he's better. I'm just saying flash-wise. Right, yeah. He has a little more uh, on him. And, I mean, we'll talk about the weaknesses in a second, But but, yeah, like, I just really enjoyed watching him play, and I'm just looking like this dude could be a star. Like, if he does everything right, like, he could for real be a straight-up star in this league. Being that 6'5 with that 7'2 wingspan is vicious. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and to complete that with the IQ,
0: that's that's mean, man. The other thing that I saw that I liked offensively watching his tape is, I, and I agree about the old man game thing, I also think he's got a little bit of a undersized guy game, like mm-hmm. a shorty game, because and, and he... He was a, a late grower, as far as a guy who is now six six five and a half, almost six six, mm-hmm. at the guard position. Like that's a that's a great size. But um, he, he also was talking about how when he was younger and shorter, he had to learn about the creative ways to use his handling, to use his body positioning against his defender where he was in the paint. And then also just, like, getting really good at using the glass and using the rim and using English for finishing. You were talking about how great he is with both hands uh, as a facilitator. His finishing at the rim, I thought, was really impressive. Not only in that he can finish with either hand, but he, like... He has gr- he's got like that like rondo finishing at the rim if you know what I mean I what where it's like yeah. he uses craftiness yes. Yes. and the backboard and his body positioning and where he is in relation to the hoop to get nifty finishes in even while he's navigating you know through the trees and and a heavy heavy traffic paint right. and it's because he used to be a short guy and now he's 6'6" and as will said has a 72 wingspan so he like his finishes around the rim are even more impressive because he mm-hmm. taught himself how to use ge- uh, you know geometry with his finishes, and then he grew and his arms got longer. Mm-hmm. So and Annie, he's doing it we're with both talking hands. About math today. <laughs> well, we already started.
3: <laughs> Me? No, you're you're totally right. Like he, I, he, uh, you can see he's got some like Chris Paul craft to his game. Like he clearly, I'm not saying he like is Chris Paul, but like he clearly watched a lot of Chris Paul. Where he operates from those elbows his floater game in there is really good but i think his patience uh and just reading the defense and then deciding what to go to um is really just mature for his for his game and then he has so many ways to hurt you (laughs) he has so many ways to hurt you once he's decided what to do whether it's the floater um using those long arms to extend the ball and finish around the rim like he shot 52 percent on twos this year which is nuts um and then all also, yeah, step back in. So back, yeah. I think he could be the bench running a lot of the offense early in his career. And then, like you said, Dave, I mean, the upside for a guy with that skill set is, you know, who knows? He kind of reminds me a little bit of Shea just alexander um, just in terms of the way that he operates, that slow, methodical, um, really, like, patient game. I'm really, really interested in in him um, from an offensive standpoint, but I think defensively what scares me, like the length is really nice. He can sort of like poke balls away and uh, make up for some of his uh, mistakes, but like, he's not very quick. He doesn't really move his feet super well. And so I wonder like who he guards at the NBA level. And, you know, if we're talking about uh, drafting the best player available or, or um, betting on, talent like you go for it for sure but I wonder like if that holds him back at all in his career arc
1: yeah I love that you said that because that's exactly was was what I was seeing when I was looking at him uh, defensively was his feet uh he's, he didn't have the quickness but and usually when guys don't have that quickness like um I was talking about Tari Easton yesterday mm-hmm. when he would get beat on something but it didn't matter because his recovery was just vicious and yeah. he would still get you it's not like that with Jalen, you know what I mean? Like, once they make that move on him, he's, it's, it's a wrap, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he bites on those pump fakes real, real easy. Um, he gets lost, you know what I'm saying, in, in those pick and roll. It's wild to be able to play the pick and roll so well on offense but not be so good at it on defense. And that's kind of what he is, you know what I mean? Um, but he's an effort guy. Um, the other thing, The other flaws they had about him were the ones I actually didn't mind, and they were talking about his shooting mm-hmm. and the shots because they were talking about his consistency and the types of shots he take, I love the types of shots he took. The types of shots he took were like, I'm the best player on the team kind of shots, or were, were real like NBA shots, you know what I mean? You could tell he studied Kobe. Mm. You can look at it, you know what I mean? And another, you mentioned Shea Gilders, uh Alexander. That's exactly who he said when he talked about people he watches and compares himself it's to. That's true, yeah. That's exactly who he said. He said, Sager, and, and of course he mentioned DeMar DeRozan was another guy he watches um, mm. for that mid-range. Silky. Another guy slow and methodical, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, taking his time. So offensively is what really did it for me. I thought his defense wasn't great, but in the NBA, you know, it kind of offsets that, you know, if your offensive game is killing that. If you could just be serviceable on defense, you could be in the game, man. Like he really honestly, for me, has like some star quality uh, to him where I can accept that factor. I'm not, I'm not saying he'll turn into one, and I don't know if he'll turn into one, but I just really do like what I see. When I watch him on the floor, man, and yeah, that, that facilitating, the Bulls need that, that size, they need that, and that shooting, as Will said, they damn sure need that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I was about to go, Will, is uh, how you see a guy like Jalen Williams potentially fitting in to this Bulls roster next season. Um, you know, assuming we bring back the same core, uh, our two all-stars and Zach and Damar, Vooch, uh, who's still got, you know, that final year left on his contract, Lonzo and Caruso. Patrick Williams, IO. So assuming that those guys are all back and then, you know, you got some other French pieces where, like, do do you think Jalen is a, you know, insert and play now end of the rotation kind of guy? Do you think he has that readiness And, and how do you see him fitting into these pieces? The bulls already have.
3: Yeah, I think it's a, it's sort of a clunky fit with the current bulls roster, but again, you need shooting. And he does it in a variety of different ways. And then he also adds that element of, you know, being able to run an offense if Lonzo misses a lot of time, maybe Zach Levine decides he wants to play elsewhere next year and you kind of need an insurance policy there. Um, So I think he's really intriguing as somebody who can play next to a DeMar DeRozan or come in and run the second units. Like IO has been pretty good at that. Um, Definitely impressed me this year, but I don't think that that's necessarily where he's best in terms of like the bulls success. Like he's, he's going to be a good pick and roll guy, but like, he's not going to be the only one that they have out on the floor. Um, You need guys that can, you need multiple guys that can make plays and you can't, you just, you can't have too many of those. So um, I think you, you make space for a guy like that. Uh, If he's going to shoot the ball at a high level, like he's going to give you something that you couldn't consistently get from Kobe um, or Aya for that matter. So, uh, I think he gives you a lot of different skills, obviously, we talked a lot about Mark Williams and Tari and just having that size uh six eight six nine wings that can switch um He's another six four six five six six guy that the bulls already have a ton of, so it's not an ideal fit, but again, we're talking about the eighteenth pick here. We're talking about a team that needs more talent that needs shooting um I think he's gonna he would probably play his way into the rotation just with the ability to run off screens and shoot. With the ability to, you know, stand on the corner and consistently make shots, um, and then, like I said, run some secondary pick and roll or even lead uh, units off the bench.
1: And and one more thing about about him because we talked about his speed—he's not fast, but he takes really long strides. Mm. You know, he has real long strides, and once he makes a play or a play has been made on defense. Boom. He was gone. You know what I mean? Did and you see
0: that one play in his uh, – I can't remember which highlight reel or scouting report it was I was watching. That coast-to-coast game winner he had. Yes. yeah. I, yes. I want to say it was against
1: BYU. Uh, it's either, no, it was like Washington or someone. like that. Washington State? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like number four. Yeah, or like or he
0: just took the inbound pass, yeah. and it was either a tie game or they were down by one. They were or down whatever. by one. Yeah. And there were like four and a half seconds, mm-hmm. and he just went coast-to-coast and like made one more move weaving through the last few right. defenders in the paint with a little flip shot. Yeah. And – His strides? Woo! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Strides well. he's
3: fast, straight line, but doesn't really move side to side all that well. I could also see him being, like, a really good team defender because of his wingspan and just being able to, like, pick off passes on the weak side um, or, you know, fighting through some screens if he doesn't have as much of an offensive burden the way he did in college just like putting a little bit more effort and attention into the defensive side. So I'm kind of talking myself into him because I think he'd be a great option at 18, somebody that I'm definitely really intrigued with. Um, But, you know, as we say for all these guys, like it's the 18th pick, it's not number one, they're going to have flaws and they're going to have to figure it out.
1: Hey, Will, um, just final question for me. If you're ranking these three guys that we review, what, what is your ranking for you, for these guys?
3: Ooh, that's a tough one. I probably, would go tari first um yeah i don't know i i think Jalen second just because i have major questions about not mark williams specifically but having a center like mark williams um i think it's really close though and if both were available i would just i i don't know what i would do but um i think tari would be like a half step above (laughs) what was that
0: I said what you would do is be thankful it's not your job to make that choice. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I like my job where I get to criticize all the choices, but I don't have to make any myself. This is way better. This is what about, better.
0: Do you have a, a substantial um, answer to that?
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: I, would, I think uh, Jalen would be first. Uh, I'd take Mark second and Tari third. You? I don't love any of them enough okay. to
0: have any of the three ranked significantly higher than the other two. To me, they are all intriguing options. Mm-hmm. And to me, they are all guys who have things I like about them and and things that are very, you know, very obvious flaws. Okay. So none none of these three so far stand out from the pack to me.
2: And a cop out. So there you go. <laughs> there That's you how I go. Feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> to me, Jalen's got like I could see that type of player. We've seen that before, even even late in the first round or middle yeah. of the first like Yeah, yeah, true. The Donovan Mitchell type and, and just be an offensive engine. There's his his game still has a lot of refinement. But that type of player, if you're if you're gonna shoot for the stars, like that's the one I, I think has the highest upside.
1: Yeah.
0: I would maybe give him also a little bit of a slight edge right now because at, of those three he looks he looks to me like the biggest potential for a quality two way player who can kind of float around any of those one, two, three spots uh, offensively and can guard one, two, three, and maybe some fours defensively. And the Bulls don't have a lot of quality two-way wing kind of players right now, and they desperately need some or one. Go ahead, Will.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think you look at somebody like Jalen Brunson, I think is an interesting comparison for him, just in terms of like Mm. role with the team. You could definitely imagine him – playing next to a lead initiator. Um and when defenses really load up on Luca, Jalen Brunson can kind of get loose and run some more pick and roll and also has that spot up ability. Um, or even like a Chris Middleton next to Giannis. So I, I think he definitely has high upside that way. Um certainly a little bit older than Mark Williams and Tari. Um though those guys are also sophomores. Jalen's a, a junior. So uh yeah I just I think the all around offensive game, if he can really harness it into like the level that he showed he can in in college like you have to be really good in order to earn that much usage in the nba so we'll see if he gets there but you can't really argue that skill set
0: all right there it is jalen williams knockdown number three on our list of bulls potential draft pick profiles we'll keep more of those coming your way next week uh, tomorrow's Friday. You. So we're going to take a pause from all of the draft talk and have some fun Friday stuff for you tomorrow. Uh, we will be remote, but we will be live here on our CHGO Sports YouTube channel at 3 o'clock Chicago time, and whatever time that is, wherever Will is in Brazil. Brazil! Uh, and we got more coming for you. Speaking of this uh, CHGO Sports YouTube channel that you are currently watching, we got uh, your White Sox need a little late-game magic right now. They're down 4-0 to the Blue Jays. Uh, we've got White Sox post game on deck for you with our guys Herb and Vinny who's studio. At least in I studio. get to get Herb and
1: Vinny. Though. And really. uh,
0: and then we'll have uh, you know so we got Cubs cards tonight. Good old rivalry That's Cubs rivalry. cards. Yeah. First pitch seven oh five. We will bookend that with Cubs pregame and Cubs post game. Mm-hmm. Plenty more sports content for you Chicago sports junkies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, will, good to see you as always in the circle. Keep staying safe and having a blast. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Down there in Brazil. Uh, follow Will on Twitter for all of his Bulls and NBA takes at Got lead Big Dave is at bow B A W L Sports. <laughs> I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We collectively are CHGO <laughs> underscore Bulls. Uh, shout out and thanks to our pal and our producer, Joey, Joey. behind the controls there. Uh, and everybody else who's made it a fun, eventful day here at CHGO. Yes. Keep it right here for all of our baseball coverage coming up later on this afternoon and this evening. Until tomorrow, Friday Funday, Matt, Big Dave, Joey, Will, saying thanks as always for watching. See you Red. be good.